Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Big and Fruity, a podcast for people who like a glass of wine. Sit back, relax, pour out a glass of your favorite wine, and join our host, Mr. Dave A.C., for the next hour, while we enjoy some nice wine. a good glass of red wine, your host, Mr. Dave A.C. Thank you, Ian. Ian, that's Ian, the Sixth Doctor, my co-host on the uh, Cotton Collective podcast that we do every Sunday. But today, it's big and fruity. Welcome. We've got one guest, guest three in the room, who's most welcome to listen in, not on audio. But um, if it's their first time joining in with the Big and Fruity, and for those people listening, maybe for the first time, let me just give a quick recap. But I will talk about how you can call in towards the end, because I want to get straight on with the pleasant matter of talking about wine, and in particular, on Big and Fruity, talking about red wine. And there will be a little bit of a discussion and a couple of wine facts. But of course, we will start, as always, with the wine that I'm drinking. And I will be putting a link in to a twit picture I posted earlier. Yes, every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And as you can tell from my accent, here in the UK, 10 p.m. British Summertime, we do the Big and Fruity Wine Podcast Call ID double one double two seven two, and you are most welcome to join live. Uh, when you listen to the show, or if you can't stay around for the whole thing, sit to the end if you're listening to the recording, and I will just uh, give you details of how you can call in for next week, which will be episode fifty. Today's show, episode forty-nine, is called "Do Other People's Opinion on Wine Matter." But before we get to that, I'm going to talk about the <clears throat> the wine I have before me. And as always, I will be putting in the room a link to the TwitPic picture. The Big and Fruity Wine Podcast has a Twitter account. The Twitter account is Big and Fruity, all one word. And linked to that, I have a TwitPic site. The wine I am drinking, in fact, is not a brand new bottle, so I already know how it tastes. I opened it not last night, in fact. But the day before, do you know what I did last night? Yes, surprise, surprise, I went an evening without wine. Yes, the doctors say that you shouldn't drink every night. So where are we up to? Very end of July? By Jove, do you know, I think there have been three nights since January when I haven't had a glass of wine. Perhaps the doctor thinks that's not enough. But for me, it <laughs> It wasn't an ordeal. I, uh, I'm quite happy to go without wine, but um, I'm quite ready, willing and able to finish off the second half of this bottle. But perhaps it was appropriate because this wine is a 15% proof Shiraz. <clears throat> and the title, the wine is, uh, let me put it in the text before I try and pronounce it. Always a good thing to do on this show. And that will give guest three, uh, let me put the trip pick in for guest three. It is Mobieri. That's M-O-E-R-B-E-I. It's from the Stellenbosch region of South Africa. It's their stable wine. It's 15% and it is lovely. I'll say that right off the bat. 
the trip picture that I put up for you to see the bottle in its uh, glory is this, and this is all small case. It's twitpick.com forward slash ADY8WW. Remember, there were, all those letters are all in small case. So it's twitpick.com forward slash ADY8WW. And we'll have a little click and see how many people have already had a look at that. It's been up about 40 minutes. 54, well, with my little two, that's over 50 people. And as I say that, we've got Jorvik coming into chat, so I'll allow chat for Jorvik. Welcome, Jorvik. We've just been going a few minutes. I will repeat those links just in case you're not in the pro client. I think you usually are. The wine I'm drinking is a wine from South Africa from the Schellenbach region, which is near uh, Cape Town in South Africa, 15% 2010. They only actually do two wines. This is their red, Mobieri, M-O-E-R-B-E-I. And it is a Naked Wines. Thank you, Jarvik. Uh, it is a Naked Wines wine. And Naked Wines also have a Twitter account. And that's Naked Wines, all one word. And um, let me go and link to a few things. Well, no, David, David, I know you've already tasted the wine, but let's taste it again. It's absolutely, it's like putting a bowl of fruit up to your nose of black cherries and black currant. It is wonderful. Let's have a sip. That is a really intense wine. But I was I was just writing on the Oh, all my lips are all um as I was writing on the Naked Wine site, the intensity doesn't come from that fifteen percent alcohol, it's coming from the intense fruit flavours. And uh, I've got some nice stuff to read about that in a moment. But um it is a naked wines wine. I'll put the link to the page in Naked Wines where people have commented upon it. Uh, nakedwines.com forward slash wines forward slash Mulberry dash stable dash Shiraz dash 2010. Now, you might think, why is David sending me to a link where people have commented on this wine when today's topic is do other people's opinion on wine matter? Well, this may be a case in point. It may be the proof. It may be not. Okay, let me just see what it says here. The Naked Wines price, by the way, is um, the full price for this wine should be eleven UK pounds, which is about sixteen seventeen dollars. But with the discount you get on Naked Wines, it's seven ninety nine. So that's fifteen. No, I've got that wrong. It's eleven. That's eighteen dollars. And it's actually for sale at something like eight fifteen dollars. It is um <clears throat> a Shiraz. It is the Pierce Brosnan of our reds. It's smooth and rich, but still packs a punch. Angel funding has helped Willie keep his best grapes. He used to have to sell them to his neighbours to finance the winemaking. Because of that, we get to bet, buy better wines at a lower price, and that saving is passed on to you. Aged in expensive oak, this spicy red is the ideal companion for chilly winter evenings. What better way to warm up? Well, it's actually uh, better for other things. And I'll get to what you put in the text in a moment, Jorvik. Certainly pleased for that. Um, and let me have a look. Oh, look. Someone called Dave AC has left a comment on the Naked Wines. Loving this wine. And although 15% cent, it's joy, and the power of this wine comes from its intense dark fruit and long, smooth finish. We'll buy again if available. And from Alfred. Almost full-bodied but easy to drink with food. Full of flavour but not complex. I'll agree with that. It's not complex. Um... Mark, 
We thought this was a rich wine with distinctive berry taste and offered good value for money. And Gavin, cracking wine, looking forward to colder winter nights. Excellent. Now, uh, I've got uh, some links again to the actual estate. And I will put this link in. Actually, this estate is also a place where you can actually go and stay in holiday. But I've uh, I've actually gone to the the wine estate part. But I will put in for our people in the um, in the room the home link as well. It seems to be um a farmhouse that you can go and stay as as well. But anyway, let's get back to the wine. Uh, they do two wines, as I say. They do um, a white gold and stable. The white gold is a Chardonnay Similion blend, packed with citrus fruit and vanilla flavours, one I think probably Jorvik would really enjoy. And then this stable, which is a uh, Shiraz. And I'm going to read what it says, because when this was written, they were just getting the 2010 vintage in. So listen to this, and it absolutely has borne out, as they said. A word about our 2010 vintage, which is just coming out of barrel and will be bottled soon. This was a difficult vintage for everyone in South Africa, as the crop was badly affected by very strong winds during flowering, which reduced the grape berry quantities significantly compared to our normal year. Some varietals were especially affected due to the time of their flowering, and Shiraz was particularly affected. The quality of the grapes and consequently the wines was not damaged at all. In fact, the quality is probably better than ever, as the yields were so low. It is a while before we release these wilds, but when we do, there will be not much to go around. There will also be a new wine a Bordeaux-style super-premium red, which needs naming. So, in actual fact, it is one of their better vintages, and it is absolutely a wonderful wine. Certainly at that price, it punches well above its weight. And just in case you're wondering, well, okay, it's from South Africa. I've have told you it's near Cape Town. Let me put a couple of more links in to help those people listening later. This is www.wineanorak.com forward slash SA regions HTML. And it's a quick guide to South Africans' wine regions. And if you click on the very small map that's there, uh, it will open out to this second page link I'm putting in the room. And that is the wineanorak.com forward slash SA, uh, sorry, S African Map, HTLM. And you've got all the colour coding there. And the Stellenbosch region, marked in red on here, is right to the, uh, well, it's to the east of Cape Town. Uh, not a very large wine growing area, but one of the perhaps well known areas of the region. Okay, and I'm going to give one more little thing. Here we are. We've been going 13 minutes, and I'm still talking about the wine I'm drinking. Excellent. Here we go. As always, like to use wiki, wikipedia.org, forward slash wiki, forward slash Stellenbosch. And um, it is the town on the Western Cape province of South Africa, situated about 50 kilometers east of Cape Town, along the banks of the... Erdest River is that E R E S T E. It's the second oldest European settlement in the province after Cape Town. Um, it became known as the City of Oaks uh, due to the large number of oak trees that were planted by its founder, Simon van der Stel, to grace the trees and homesteads. So it is um, an area. I'm wondering here what it tells you about, yes, viticulture and wine. Um, the South African wine industry produces, listen to this, listen to this, a thousand million litres, I'll say that again, a thousand million litres of wine annually. 
Stellenbosch is a primary location for viticulture and viticulture research. Um, the region has a Mediterranean climate with hot, dry summers and cool, wet winters. It lies at the foot of Cape Fall mountain range, which provides soil favourable to viticulture. Grapes grown in this area are mainly used for wine production as opposed to table grapes. Now, I've got a little bit of a wine fact to talk about uh, those different grapes in a small moment. Now, um, I'm hoping, by the way, uh, and I'm just going to... Uh, take a moment out to pause my breath. Um, Jorvik has uh, put a link in the room about Rosemary, uh, Rosemary Vineyards, which was Vineyard visiting that he went to recently. Uh, Jorvik, Jorvik, would you like to come? I'll put in text whether you'll be able to come on audio during the course of the show and give us a little report. If not, that's fine. But if you could at least give me uh, some indication in text and I will know how to... Um, talk about uh, things later. Okay, while we give time for uh, that to happen, I'm going to just clear out some of these links now because my page is full of links. Oh, yes, there's one more link for South African wines, and I'll put that in now. And that is www.wineroute.co.za And it is, um, if you're thinking of going to South Africa, the Stellenbosch and its wine routes, 2012. And um, it's got this site in both German, well, it's got it, German, French, Spanish, Portuguese, and even a Japanese version, where you can go and consider uh, going to have a look around that guide. Wow, that is brilliant stuff. And again, I'm just clearing out some of my links so that I can see what I'm doing. And we have got Jorvik coming on audio. Jorvik, I'll, uh, I will unmute you. Uh, just let me finish this little bit uh, because um, I want to just confirm to myself that I've done all that. Yes, I've done the naked wines, done the big and fruity. I've done the link. Excellent. Okay, let me bring Jorvik on. And just Jorvik unmutes. When I will be talking about two things later, one which I'm hoping Jorvik will come in on, which is the discussion of whether you should take into account other people's opinion. But I've also got a little section on grapes, uh, grapes of wine as opposed to grapes for eating. And that will be our wine fact. Jorvik, hi, you're most welcome. Hi, Dave. Sorry for um, abandoning you the, the past couple of times, but we're here tonight. Excellent. Uh, no, you, you, there's no obligation on your part except to listen to those ones you don't actually appear on and just see how, how much I dip down in quality when you're not here. <laughs> you don't. It, it, there's good <laughs> continuity there. Don't worry. Okay, okay. Now, uh, just for those people who haven't caught some of the early ones, Jorvik is a regular, not only listener, but contributor to this call. Um, and uh, one of the things he is a, a very, well, he's keen on his wines, keen on his beers, keen on his holidays, and he's just come back from a break on the Isle of Wight, where one of the the uh, adventures are, entertainments he went on, was going round a... Um, a winery, and he's very kindly reminded me of the link there. It's www.rosemaryvineyards, vineyard, no s, that's all one word, .co.uk index. Is there any general report you want to give? Would you like to just give us um, a little bit about the visit you made to this winery? Yes, I'm, I'm flying the English wine flag at the moment. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, yeah, I had a, a little tour of the vineyard as well, and I've actually got a glass of their medium red uh, I'm drinking at the moment. Uh, very, very nice. Um, it was a good day out. Um, they've got a gift shop and loads of uh, samples there. So uh, it was uh, a good experience, let's say. Right, now I'm looking here. I mean, uh, I think a lot of people listening would think, England? Wine, well, yeah, okay, climate change, I can see that happening. But red wines, I thought in England it was 
sparkling wines and white wines, um, but you've chosen a red wine. Uh, I mean, did you, uh, did you buy a few wines? Uh, uh, when you were there, did you have an opportunity to taste and preferred the red? I, I came back with a case. I, I've literally got a sample of all their wines. Uh, uh, they, do it, they do a nice rosé as well. But yes, reds. Um, the climate on the Isle of Wight is probably favourable. Um, it can be a lot warmer there than the rest of the UK. So I think that helps them a lot. But they've got a 30-acre vineyard. You know, it's quite large. And uh, as I said, uh, I actually uh, had a wander around with the owner, which was quite interesting. Okay, and how does the red stand up to your mind in terms of, you know, I mean, does it stand up to a... What sort of style is it? Would you say it's sort of a, you know, French table wine? Is it sort of... I'm assuming it's not that heavy. Um, is, is it an easy drinking red, as it were? It's a very easy drinking red. Um, quite fruity, actually. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, I'll clear my throat. Um, it's medium bodied. Um, I'm just looking at the label. It's made with Ronda and TDA grapes. And they're saying it's excellent with cheese or by itself. I would agree with that. It, it right. is a a wine that you can drink on its own. Excellent. And um, uh, just for the listeners who uh, are not checking out the page, the, um, they do this a rosé, a crisp and light rosé. Uh, makes a lovely, delicate wine with a rose petal bouquet. And a, I'm not going to try and pronounce the, uh, the grape varieties, but you may if you wish. And then there's a dry red, um, deep red colour with slightly oak tannins, Best served with red meats um, and at room temperature. Yeah, the, the rosé was TDA and Reichensteiner. Oh, good man, good man. Okay. And I'm looking, <laughs> I'm looking down the side. Uh, that's not the end of their their no. uh, offerings. They, no, what else have they got? Their ciders and liqueurs are also nice. So they come in the smaller bottle, but they they do a range of liqueurs um, and. They are very tasty. Uh, strawberry, blackberry, peach, raspberry, cherry, and elderberry. So, and their cider was rather nice as well. The first wine so, I ever drank, Jorvik, was elderberry wine. My dad yeah. used to make it. And very yeah. nice it is. I think it's underrated. I mean, I don't know how my palate today would, would taste it, but I seem to remember it had a, obviously a lovely floral part to it, but... It, I seem to remember it being delicious. I mean, I was only allowed small sips, but... Yeah. Excellent. The the interesting factor was the, the road to the uh, vineyard passed a cider producer. Uh, so Rosemary do their own, and also they, they sell the Smallbrooks um, cider, which is uh, on the way, literally. If you do one, you can hop in there on the way back and do a cider tour as well. So... Uh, it's it's quite a good day out. Now, you've just come back, so obviously you were there in July. So, I mean, did he give you an idea of, of, of you know, I mean, were the grapes already formed on the on the vines? Were, I mean, does he go all the way till September? Or does he have to leave them on the vines till October? Or does he have to bring the, the grapes in before any frosts hit them? No, the ones I saw were sort of ready for picking probably in a few weeks. Wow. So, uh, but uh, like I said, I didn't see the whole vineyard. Um, but I think with the range they do, they've probably got wine on the go all the time. Right, right. Uh, one thing that um, this is not necessarily to do with the wines, but well, I suppose it is really. Um, I've noticed in my garden, um, I've got an apple. Well, actually, it's next doors, but it sort of hangs over my thing. I've been living in this house. I'm in for seven years now. And this is the first year there are no apples growing on the tree. Yeah, I've suffered the same. Oh, have you? Yeah, uh, all my apples um, in a very young stage were literally stripped off the trees by the heavy rain and wind. Right, so so it's not a matter of the bees not having pollinated. Exactly. No. Uh, I didn't notice that. No, uh, they possible. were pollinated beautifully. The fruit was setting. 
You could see, and my pear suffered the same way. Um, the fruits were forming, just tiny little um, sort of balls, um, you know, just, just forming uh, after the, the blossom had gone. But like I say, then we had that terrible wet time, and uh, literally uh, it ripped them all off the trees. Yeah, and it was for weeks and weeks and weeks. I mean, yes. I, I was joking, talking to people in the States uh, today, and um, I said, well, we've had summer. We had, we had a couple of nice days. Then we had about three or four days on the run just before the Olympics started, and we're back to miserable up north. Yeah, and uh, I've got some good... I had a good raspberry crop, crop uh, last year, and the raspberries are coming on. In fact... I've had loads of bees in the garden. You say about bees, I've been dominated by bees um, pollinating all my fruits. But uh, the raspberries were coming and they, they were bashed back, but I'm glad to say they've recovered and I've got quite a lot of raspberries coming on again. So well, uh, if, a, if a nothing else, I'll have raspberry. <laughs> I had a good crop of black crows in, in my front garden. And uh, the thing I get around here in the last three years I've hardly seen one bee, but I've seen lots of wasps. Mm. About three years ago, I had a wasp nest in, outside my house, but wasps seem to be on the, um, you know, on the up round here. Uh, and you know, honestly, I'm hard pressed to think the last time I saw a bee. No, opposite here, very rare to see a wasp. In fact, past two years, hardly seen any. Um, but uh, no bees. I'm very pleased to say. Uh, and I've got some lavender out at the moment, and they, they're at the moment covering the lavender. Uh, Excellent. Good, good, good lot of, and it's both. It's honeybees and sort of the wild bees as well. Right. Well, thank you for that uh, interlude. Uh, I mean, this is. I mean, it's all tied together, isn't it? I mean, uh, uh, like I was reading about the uh, that crop, and uh, unfortunately, uh, it's not simplistic. I mean. I mean, like we've said about the apples, but I mean, certainly, uh, particularly in France, I mean, it's not so much about how much rain they get uh, or any wine-growing region. It's not. It, it's the timing of it. If it comes at yeah. a particular time when it, it's going to cause the fruit to rot uh, or whatever. And then uh, we've talked about before the, the green harvest when um, the, there's almost too much fruit on the crop and they actually sort of have to to um, pare it down uh, because they want to get that intensity of fruit flavours but of course that leads to a a smaller crop and a smaller wine production exactly and of course don't forget the insects that uh, pollinate you know it's very very important Uh, from the fruits we make the wines don't we so all right well that is actually a nice segue Um, what I was going to do I mean we still haven't got to do other people's opinion matter the reason I've left it towards the end is because basically, and this is going to sound so trite, it's an opinion as to whether opinions matter or not. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a double blind, that one. Uh, so, uh, yeah, um, uh, and that just reminds me. I've just, um, yeah, let's um, uh, just remind me, of course, last week, those people who didn't catch last week, we talked about blind tasting. But, um, what happened today is I, I went to the supermarket to get my usual shopping, and along with my shopping, um, I got some grapes, got some beautiful uh, black, this is from Asda, black seedless grapes, and they're called Midnight Beauty. They're Spanish grapes, and as I was um, eating a little, but you have to wash them, so what I tend to do is I, I, I pick a few handful, a handful of them, put them in a little bowl, and then rinse those under the... Um, under the uh, the tap and um, let me put a link into those because I found a lovely little page about them uh, and I, while you I give Jorvik and guest three a chance to, to, to look at that it's uh, www.wineinspector.com forward slash I'm going to spell this word D-R-V-I-N-N-Y forward slash show forward slash ID, forward slash uh, 5048. And right at the end of the show, by the way, I'll remind you about using Chat Grabber to get these links. And it's uh, there. Grapes, Midnight Beauty, Seedless Black. They are lovely. Uh, but I'll talk about these in a minute. But then it made me think about, you know, 
how how much difference is there between uh, grapes for wine and grapes that are grown for eating? I mean, these are Spanish grapes. I drink Spanish wine by the gallon. Well, well, I drink it by the bottle. But I, I certainly uh, and I'm thinking, you know, if I had land in Spain, I'd be thinking, would I waste my land growing eating grapes? I mean, I don't know what the financial implications are. But anyway, let me just read a little bit about this um, brilliant midnight beauty. Seedless black grapes boast extremely large berries, a crisp texture, and tend to be redder in colour than the conventional black grapes. Midnight beauty is a seedless black grape, and their high-quality variety is simply delicious. Uh, it talks about the flavour, full-bodied, crunchy, and refreshing. Sweet. Yeah, they... I wouldn't say they've got a tough skin, but they've definitely got, uh, you know, a body to the skin. Nutrition. The antioxidants found in Midnight Beauty, seedless black, uh, could protect the eyes and reduce the risk of macular degeneration. Well, I certainly need that. Help lower cholesterol. Certainly need that. And maintain a healthy blood pressure. Need that. And reduce the risk of diabetes. Oh, they sound like a wonder food. <laughs> <laughs> Midnight Beauty was developed at Sunworld International Research and Development Center for California. Now, that does sound strange. Developed, I thought grapes were grown, but I'm assuming what they mean is that this particular product was grown to, to produce the large grapes with plenty of fruit and so on. Um, I don't want to read all of it because, of course, I always believe when I put a link in the chat, that I want people to go to that content and I'm not trying to just read about it. So this is um, a page which is all about um, leading the fresh food revolu revolution. So that was um, one of the things that I then decided to go and say, well, uh, let's have a little look at Wiki. I always like to go to Wiki. And here's the Wiki page, wikipedia.org, wiki list underscore of grape underscore varieties. And again, I'm not going to attempt to read all this. The number of grape varietals there, I mean, I know there are plenty of different apple varieties uh, and rose varieties. I didn't know there were that many grape varieties. But um, one of the ones, as you go all the way down to the bottom, it gives you a list of red table grapes. Now, I'm assuming by that they mean eating grapes. And it goes with the Christmas Rose, Crimson Seedless, Emperor, Flame Seedless, Ruby Seedless, Tudor Premium Red, Suffolk Red, and so on. Uh, so obviously, uh, there are different uh, requirements down the page. And then it talks about the Vinifera Hybrids. Uh, that's V-I-N-I-Fiera Hybrids Wine. Um, these are a subset probably known as hybrids, specifically crossing one species of grapes with another. Scientific definition of a hybrid grape is any crossing of two grape varieties. And of course, then you, you, you go on with the all the sorts of information there. And I'm going to go to one more link, and then I'm going to ask Jorvik if he's got any comments to make on this. Oh, I didn't put that link in there. The link goes now. And this is one more link, wikipedia.org forward slash wiki forward slash vetus underscore vinifera. And I'm just going to read a little bit about this. Um, and oh, let me scroll down. Now, I think actually that's not going to be so helpful. So I'm going to go to my next link. I'm not going to read anything about that. I'm going to go to my next link before I bring your Vic back in. And this is Winemaker, Creating Your Own Wines, Common Grapes Guide. And that tells you the main wine varietals used for winemaking. And of course, you've got your Pinot Grigio, your, uh, your Pinot Blanc, uh, Gewurztraminer, ah, Riesling, Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc, and the Reds, Syrah, Zinfandel, uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Pinot Noir, and so on. Um, is there anything you feel as though you can contribute to this little aspect of uh, 
grapes and wine. No, certainly, I agree. The present uh, dark grapes are really nice in the shops at the moment. Uh, I'll okay. admit the, the, the red grapes or the uh, the black grapes <coughs> are absolutely superb. But, um, yeah, I was reading a couple of links she put in there, and it was saying the difference between a dessert grape and a and a sort of wine grape. And they are sort of developed to have softer skins, no pips and all this sort of thing uh, for the table. Whereas the right. uh, wine grapes have thicker skins, you know, not so big. So uh, I, I think it's what they look like and taste like um, decides how the uh, the ones that go to your table. Right, uh, and this know, is all done, by the way, yeah, this is all done. These are not natural, these are, they've been uh, cultivated to this. Uh, I'm going one more page on this, um, and then we'll, we, we will, at the, oh, 35 minutes in already. This mm-hmm. is www.winespectator.com forward slash D-R-V-I-N-N-Y forward slash slow ID 54 and it says um, right dear Dr Vinnie generally speaking do wine grapes like Cabernet Sauvignon or Chardonnay taste any different when eaten than the basic green purple red grape varieties one can buy at the average grocery store in other words you know if if you went to a winery and you were shown around and uh, they didn't mind you tasting would you actually be shocked when you tasted the wine? Would it would it sort of be sour and unpleasant because they've got all that um, tannins and they've got all that acidity in them that are quite required for the wine? Or would you think, oh, I could just take a bowl of that home and put it on my table and eat it? And let's read part of the answer. Uh, one taste of a wine grape and you'll instantly see that wine grapes and table grapes are selectively selected based on some very different characteristics. When ripe, most wine grapes will be much sweeter, not bitter, ooh, strong there, softer and juicier than table grapes. That sounds counterintuitive to me. Um, they will, uh, but of course, of course, you need the sugar to turn into alcohol, so I suppose that's right. They'll also have thicker, chewier skins and more prominent seeds. Table grapes are of bigger, more crispy and crunchy, with more, much thinner skins and smaller seeds are none at all. Table grapes are also selected to withstand different types of travel and handling, while grapes, while wine grapes are often picked much riper than table grapes and so would deteriorate faster than when picked. Yes, if you've ever watched these things, I mean, they go into these vats with the stalks and all and some of the grapes look as though they've already started rotting on the, the vine. Others are full-bloomed. And, of course, we all know there's uh, late-harvest wines, uh, and they're wines where they're almost left to turn into raisins on the uh, on the grape. Okay, uh, any final comments on that before we spend just a little bit of time on what should have been... And I do this every week, folks. Uh, the The main body of the show, which will be kept to a little short, brief segment now. Any comments on... Any more comments after looking at that? No. Uh, not really, no. Uh, I think you said everything. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. That's absolutely fine. Okay, well, the next bit is, by definition, opinion. And since there are two in the room, it's two people's opinion. But what we're going to be talking about is not our opinion, but other people's opinion are, to be more convoluted, our opinion of other people's opinion. Now, right at the beginning, just as Jorvik came in, uh, I was talking about having gone to the Naked Wine site and reading some comments about this particular wine that I'm drinking today. So I'm going to go cold to Jorvik and say... Jovic, do you take account of friends' opinions on wine, family opinion on wine, what you read online on the wine, that was difficult to say, what you read online on the wine, do you take to heart what you read on the label, or are you a bit of a downed Thomas and, and, and make your own mind up? Uh, I'm not a downed Thomas, I use my own taste basically. Um, because I think um, 
certainly professional people that write about wine expect wine to taste in a certain way. Um, I like wine by my own personal taste, flavour, etc. So, uh, no, I, I wouldn't be led uh, by certainly expert opinion because, um, to be honest, what a lot of the experts say is good. I don't personally like myself. <laughs> um, but I think uh, it's not so much opinion, it's taste, isn't it, has got to rule the day. And if you like it, then you buy more. Absolutely. And I think the key there that you've, you, you infer rather than said is, you know, you've got to have confidence uh, a little bit. Maybe maybe younger people want that guidance. Um, and maybe uh, they're still exploring. I mean, I'm still exploring different ways. But maybe, again, one can't underestimate the fact that in today's world, all of us, and I think mostly all of us, have less disposable income and therefore we're less likely to take a punt on a, a, a even a moderately expensive wine uh, without some sort of um, safety net and I suppose what happens is that these opinions do give us that safety net one of the great things that I find about like being in a, a group like the Naked Wines is that I do find people that um, what I do is that I know certain wines that I've drunk with them I check their pages and see that they've made similar comments about wines that I've tasted, which gives me that confidence that their palate is along the same lines as mine. Therefore, I uh, I give more credence to their statements about wines I haven't tasted. Um, and... Um, other than that, I certainly do take a pinch of salt. For instance, um, it's not always uh, infallible, though. Give you an instance. I bought a fairly basic, um, it was called, oh, what was it called? Oak Leaf Merlot. It was a fairly basic uh, wine from Asda. By basic, it was still £5, £56. Um, it was a Californian wine, and I bought it because I know that Ian and the in the United States, drinks uh, Merlots and he likes big, soft, fruity ones. So I thought that might be one that he'd drunk. However, um, life's too short for me now. I poured out a taste and to me, it was far too sweet. It tasted, for those people who don't know the word, I apologise, but it tasted, and I'm sure Jorvik will know what I mean, it tasted like Ribena that was alcoholic. It was just mm. too sickly sweet black currant fruit drink with syrupy. as though syrupy yeah and i could have drunk it but you know i thought my age life's too short I, d I didn't want to i i preferred to pour it away and open another bottle now that doesn't mean the wine was undrinkable it was not and i would think if you were taking it to a, a summer barbecue there might be and again, this is not discriminating, but it may be some younger drinkers who would think, oh, I could get into wine. This is rather nice. Having come from Alka Pops, they may have actually thought, <laughs> is this what, what wine is taste like? Pretty good. Now, having said that, Ian had had this Oak Leaf Merlot. Admittedly, it had a different label, so it might not have been the, it might have been up their range somewhat. But he had bought it for half the price, he bought it for like three dollars, which is well three dollars fifty, which is like two quid, and I paid five quid for it. Now, if I'd only paid two pound fifty for it, I may have thought, well, what can you expect at that price? And gone ahead and drunk it. Uh, but um, it's it is difficult. So that is one aspect. The other thing I'm going to bring into contention here is how can I say? <laughs> I don't listen to other opinion, people's opinion when I'm quite keen to put my own opinion out there. So, <laughs> you know, if if I, if I have that scathing comment about other people's, then I shouldn't be putting my own opinion. And one of the sites that I go to, which is linked to Naked Wines, it's um, winedemon.com. And this is where you can actually put in, they ask you to rate wines that you've drunk. I should just say another shout out to April who's joined at Wine Demon. I must go and befriend her because uh, on there, 
um, because uh, I haven't uh, been to Wine Demon for a while. But this is where you can rate wines, not just from Naked Wines. I've just noticed that uh, Francesca from Naked Wines is there. Wink Law- Launch is uh, there as well. Oh. And of course, uh, Round Golmley. Joshua. Oh, Joshua is one of my wine tasting friends at Naked Wines. Whatever else. I'm just having a, a little look around while I'm there. April, April Alexander, there she is. Oh, Gordon, Gordon Roxton, I know from Naked Wines. Jill Hoy, excellent. Um, I'll have to go back to Naked uh, to Wine Demon. Now, that is great because, again, if you know the person and you see what they've rated the wines, it's great. Uh, by the way, with Naked uh, Wine Demon, you accrue points on your Naked Wines when you rate wines, which help towards your naked wine status okay i'm just looking now to see i've got oh yes i've got one more little shout out that i want to do you will probably know certainly um uh jorvik will know that i do a blog site for this show and it's big and fruity at wordpress.com and i was very pleased to see from episode um 45 a nice comment and the comment reads um, and this was, by the way, the episode where I'd been to the um, Naked Wines Tour 2012, the report from the Manchester Wine Tasting on June uh, the 28th. And the comment is from Sally. OK, so it wasn't all work at the tasting in Manchester then. Great write-ups and some good wines to try out. Thanks, Sally. So thank you for leaving a comment on the uh, the blog, always nice to receive those. And as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, we had a real uh, full flow of uh, downloads, Jovi. Almost 300 downloads in one week, so I was very pleased with that. Uh, it's taken a year, but it looks like Big and Fruity is uh, hitting people's radar somewhat, and uh, people are uh, listening. I think what it is is maybe they've realised that they're not listening to me <laughs> I have to laugh when I say the word. Uh, not listening to me for any expert reviews, but looking to somebody who may, like themselves, like yourself, Jorvik, be a person who um, likes to spend a little of their cash on a uh, a relaxing bottle of wine or two a week, and is maybe in the similar price range of me, in the, the five to ten pound mark. Let's translate in the that to the five to Fifteen, five to twenty dollar mark in the states, and um, may also like to hear that there are other people out there who have a changing palate and are trying different wines. I'm looking at the clock; it's coming up to forty-eight minutes. So what I'm going to do is ask Jovic if he wants to make any more contributions, and then I'm going to take the final two minutes of our fifty minutes to just tell people how to call in next week. Next week is the 50th episode. We're going to be talking about wine bloggers. And hopefully we'll be doing a toast. Yes, on the Monday night, early morning, the Curiosity Probe will be landing safely on Mars. And I will be toasting that. And I've got two toasts as well when I take a final toast at the end of tonight's show. One is to my friend Ian, the Sixth Doctor. It's his 40th birthday today over in Florida. And it would have been my 36th wedding anniversary today. Um, Sadly, it's not uh, since my wife passed away, but I still want to toast that event. So, Jorvik, before I toast and tell people how to call in, any final thoughts and any upcoming things that you've got? Are you just plan to plough your way through your little case of wines? (laughs) I do intend to go to the local vineyard here because I've got a local vineyard uh, only a couple of miles from me and it is my intention to go to their shop and uh, have a little taste and buy some bottles. So I I will report back on that for you. But uh, nothing else to say there. Absolutely excellent. Well, if you you already know how to call into the show, I'll listen in. You can end your recording now unless you want to listen to our lovely... Uh, jazz outro pod safe music at the end but just to let you know this goes out every friday 
at 5 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. That's 10 p.m. here in the UK. It's call ID double one double two seven two. If you go to Google and put in the word TalkShoe, at the top of the TalkShoe page you come to, just put that number in the call ID, double one double two seven two. You will see two buttons there, a big blue, uh, big purple button and a slightly smaller blue button. If you click on the top larger button, you will join the show as a guest. You will be able to see the text chat that's in the room. And by the way, those people who want to catch these links that have been posted, if they go to uh, chatgrabber.com, again, put that in Google, chatgrabber.com, you put in the call series ID number, which is double one double two seven two. There's a drop-down list of all the episodes. If you want the notes from this particular episode, that is episode 49, and you'll see all the links that I put in during the course of the recording. And... Uh, if you want to actually call in and talk, like my friend Jorvik has done, you can call in via a phone. But remember, this is an American number, so you need the American prefix if you're not in the States. It's 724-444-7444. If you know how to use a voice-over internet client, that's a zip uh, SIP client, the uh, way to do that is to use on something like Xlight, uh, Blink, our shoe phone, one two three at sixty six dot two one two dot one three four dot one nine two. One further way you can get in is if you have credit on Skype, you can use what's called Skype out, where you're using a VoIP phone to go to a real phone. And again, for that you would uh, click that it is an American number and put seven two four 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 seven four four four. And with that, uh, I thank Jorvik for joining us. Guest 3 has just dropped off towards the end of the call. I'm going to search out my jazz outro music and say thank you for listening. And, oh, Ian, happy 40th birthday. And a slightly um, poignant toast to myself as well for what would have been my 36th wedding anniversary. Thank you for joining me, Jorvik. If you've got your glass Please raise it to Ian, and uh, let's have a sip. I am doing. Thank you very much indeed. And if you ever have any things you want us to toast with live on the show, mention them and we will do so. Any excuse to uh, tipple that glass. Honestly, it's not the wine. (laughs) Tip that glass. So with that, thank you for listening and join us next week for episode 50. Bye-bye, all. Bye, Jorvik. Yeah, bye-bye. Good night. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18.